Welcome to the CTC Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Bill French discuss life lessons they have learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What's good? What's good? Here we are with the CTC Podcast. I'm the host, Chase Minifield. Dom Joe on the line. What's good? What's good, everybody? How's everybody doing? Everybody's great. Maximilian, what's good? What's up, world? How y'all doing today? Hey, Max, you got something you need to get off your chest, bro? I do, Dom. Matter of fact, I do. So, you know, we've been doing this podcast for about, say, maybe five, six weeks where I've been the host. And if you guys will notice, the intro still says Bill French instead of me. I let it go to, for a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a good dude. We were making transition. That's fine. You know, everything's copacetic. But then last week, I dropped a subtle hint, not trying to be rude. And you know what I'm saying? Chase played the intro. I'm like, hey, Chase, you know, who uh, who records the intro? He glazed over like he ain't even hear me. Like, I don't really need this. <laughs> and then, then he still hasn't changed it. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not upset, Dom. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. You know, I thought I meant more to the podcast. Yeah. But clearly, I haven't brought it up to the group to be that important to where I can get my name on the beginning. Hey, I feel you, man. At some point, you got to put your foot down, man. You know, hey, Dom, that's, that's true. I, I, told, I, I told him today. I put my foot down today, Dom. I told him today. I said, look, you know, it's been long enough, bro. We got to get a change. Hey, <laughs> you know? hey. Hey, hey. At some point, you got to flip them benches, right, Chase? You know what? This is a good story. This is a good story. Before we get, we got a great guest on the podcast. I'm going to introduce you real quick. But let me just go ahead and nip this in the butt real quick. Um, <laughs> so, this is a great uh, example of letting the snowball get too big. You know what I'm saying? This is a great example of letting the snowball get too big. Because you know what? In my head, I was like, I need to get this thing fixed. But, I, you know, back then I said that about it. Maybe we could just roll with it and save me about $15. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so that's where that point come in right there. So it's been on my mind. I've just been procrastinating. Really. Hey, Max don't care. So why should I care? So, you know, we could have got that fixed a long time ago. But being unaggressive in this situation, you know what I'm saying, is, is the reason why we're at this point. So that's all good, man. We're going to get that fixed. We're going to get it taken care of. I, I appreciate it. Look, there's a file out between being aggressive and rude. I appreciate you. You know, you added me. I'm very, I was very humble. I appreciated it. But at a certain point in time, I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. I need some respect we're about, to get, we're about to get you to repost the podcast, too, once we get there. You know, that's a, I've been taking some notes. You know what I'm saying? On, on podcast, <laughs> repost. Oh, okay. So, I got you. We're going to need, we're gonna need I got you. on that as well. Um, Don Joe's doing his thing on that. So let's go ahead and get it to our guest, man. Uh, we have a we have a four thirty on the thirty. Uh, a fellow, a fellow list maker on the podcast for the mm-hmm. first time. So, Jasmine Jones out of DC, right, Jasmine? Yes, I'm out of DC. Hi guys, how are you? What's up, Jasmine? We are doing well. So, Jasmine, first and foremost, how did this four thirty on thirty thing come come into fruition for you? How did what? Say it one more time. The fourth thirty on the thirty list come into fruition. Oh. For you. Uh, well, you know, it's been a dream come true, honestly. What's interesting was I knew I was going to be nominated. Um, I had a few people who were like, you're doing an amazing job and, and we want to see you succeed. We're going to nominate you. Um, but what I did actually, I prayed about it and I said, you know, I don't want this if it's not going to bless my life. And if this isn't a good thing for me, if this exposure isn't good for my business, if it's going to turn around in some kind of weird way. Like, I really don't want it. I'm satisfied with what we're doing, helping women. Um, I don't need it to be fanfare um, if it's not going to be positive. And it's been all good. It's been incredibly positive. I'm so grateful. Um, so, yeah, the, the list has changed my life, I have to say. The list has changed my life. 
That's dope. So let's go ahead and get into what it is that you do and why you made the list. I think that obviously we've done our reading on it and we've done our um, our uh, research on it. So, but I think it's going to sound better coming from the horse's mouth. So, Jasmine, what do you do currently? Okay, so I'm the co-founder and COO of Cherry Blossom Intimates, which is a first-of-its-kind intimate boutique that's also a breast health facility. So we help women who've been diagnosed with breast cancer and have had their breasts removed to be fitted for custom breast prosthetics um, and for post-surgical bras inside of a lingerie store so that they don't have to um, have the medical feeling of shopping for bras after they've survived so much. And what's great about it, though, is that they can shop alongside their best friend. So we carry bras in all sizes, size 28, AA through 54N as in Nancy, and we carry intimates, size extra small through 5X. But it's really a safe space for all women to kind of come in and shop and feel feminine and beautiful. Again, just because a woman has had breast cancer, we really um, we don't think that she needs to shop, you know, in, in a doctor's office for the rest of her life. So that is what I do in a nutshell. And um, we're located in Prince George's County, Maryland, so right outside of the D.C. line. Word. Dope. So how did this come about? That's a, it's, a dope, it's a dope concept, a concept I've never heard of. I don't know if Dom and Max, you guys have heard of it before. But how did this come about? All right. So it all started way back when, um, back when I was actually a little girl. My grandmother had breast cancer, and I knew she had breast cancer, um, but I didn't understand what it meant. And one day my mom told me, she said, your grandmother takes her breasts off and she puts them in a drawer. And I was maybe like nine years old. I did not understand how does someone's breasts come off? Like, what is, what is that even about? What does that even look like? Um, but my grandmother, when I was growing up, I remember her shopping experience for post-mastectomy products. And it was always bad. It was always in some kind of medical supply store. So these stores are kind of like pharmacies, but they carry things like wheelchairs and been gay and walkers and bedpans, um, and that's where she was shopping for bras. And I remember thinking, wow, somebody should do something about that. Um, fast forward, I remember reading a petition when I was in college about a very big lingerie store and brand and chain. That's I won't say the name, but they are known for being very sexy and being in every mall. Um, and they were petitioned to acknowledge breast cancer, and they ignored the petition, even though they had like a hundred thousand people sign it. And I remember thinking, wow, oh, you know, that's the least they can do. They sell all these bras to make women feel sexy, but the least they could do is acknowledge the actual science behind a breast, you know, and the health behind the breast. Um, so I was like, wow, somebody should do something about that. Mm, crazy. Um, and then as it just so happened, I was crowned Miss DC, and I was in the middle of a career change, planning to go to Harvard. Like I was studying for GMAT. I scored really high. I did a few campus tours. I was like, okay, I'm going to Harvard. Um, I was doing a breast cancer 5K as an appearance. And I'd been in business and retail um, management and um, real estate development for a while. And I was at the 5K and I met a doctor, Dr. Regina Hampton of Doctors Community Hospital. And instead of running the 5K, she and I decided to walk the 5K, you know, because you don't always want to run. Okay, great. Sometimes you can walk. So we were walking I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be walking my 5K. I love walking 5K. <laughs> I'll be walking too. Hey, man, I'm um, disappointed in y'all, man. But that's <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. So we were walking the 5K and talking to each other, and she told me about an idea she had 
of having a store for breast cancer survivors. And I was like, oh my gosh, because it immediately brought me back to memories and experiences that I had. Um, but then I also had a lot of experience in terms of my career that I felt that I could kind of give her some tips on. So I gave her a few pointers and some tips and had some ideas. Uh, and, you know, we talked about 20 minutes and I was like, well, good luck with that business. I hope it turns out great. You know, it sounds like a lot of work and <laughs> I'm sure you'll do an excellent job with it. Um, but she said, wait, you know, can we catch up? Can I pick your brain a little bit more? Um, so we did, we caught up, we had dinner and drinks and we must've talked maybe three or four more times before she said, you know, I want to move forward with this and I'd like to offer you a position. And I was like, okay, you know, I consultant. And she was like, well, what about being COO? And I was like, oh, so this is going to be a real thing. Um, so we did the numbers, we created a business plan, wanted to make sure that this made sense for me. Um, and I decided instead of going to get my master's, get my MBA, that I was just going to go and start a business and learn um, on the fly and apply the knowledge I had and just take a leap of faith. So that's how it all started. Um, that was maybe two years before we actually opened the physical doors to our business, but about a year before we incorporated and really started getting things on paper um, and making deals and signing contracts. So, yeah, that's, that's my that's my story. That's wild. So what year? What years are these? Like it's 2016, 2017, 2018. This was 2016. We incorporated 2017. We opened our doors October 2018. And you decided to do this instead of going to Harvard Business School? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. My dad's in business, and my dad was like, "Well, if you have to pay out of pocket to go to get this MBA, you know, we were hoping I wouldn't have to." But he was like, "If you had to." that's automatically two years that you're not working. So the salary that you have now, you can kind of count that as a loss, right? And then he said, and then, you know, the years that you're going to be spending in school, you're going to have to add that on um, to lost wages. And he's like, or, you know, you could start a business. If it doesn't work out after a few years, you know, you've learned a lesson and then you have an even better application. So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So. Yeah, that's that. real. That's real. That's a that's a yeah. that's a new story on the podcast for sure. Um, <laughs> what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Have you already been, have you always been into entrepreneurship or like yeah. you looked up to an entrepreneurship? Have you seen it your whole life? I've um, always been interested in being an entrepreneur. When I was nine years old, I told my dad I wanted to have a lemonade stand, and he told me I could if I could figure out how much the materials would cost for me to build the, the lemonade stand, and then how many glasses I'd have to sell, which was then like figuring out a break-even point, you know, um, and I was like nine, and then when I was in college, like I'd always been really entrepreneurial, thought about one day I'll have a boutique, um, when I was in college, I used to flip vintage clothes, so this was back when like Nasty Gal and MySpace were hot, and eBay was really popping, and I would find um, vintage clothes at the thrift store, and I would sell them to um, vintage boutiques in the area, like high-end vintage boutiques, or we would sell them online. And over the course of one summer, like just a spring break summer, summer break summer, um, I made $500. So I said, oh, well, this is something I could actually do. Um, so I said, one day in the future, I'll do it. And my dad is in real estate and in real estate um, investing. So he kind of really poured into me um, some of the ideals I had to have. That's what's up. That's, that's super dope to me. Uh, so what did you study in school? It's college. I studied business and entrepreneurship in college. 
Yeah. What college? We didn't have that at UVA. I'll tell you that. Because yeah. that might have that might have made me a little bit more happier than uh, the, the old football social major. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I went to Trinity in DC. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not familiar with it. Max, you familiar it's with it? Girls College, actually. Yeah, I'm familiar with Trinity. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an all girls school. Um, it was up until a few years ago. Oh, I was gonna say I was like, I'm pretty sure I know some dudes that go there now. But yeah, I, I think they might be studying business. If you're still in like teaching and nursing, it's still for women. Gotcha. Yeah. So how do you think? So you won. Um, so you you competed in pageants, is what I'm hearing, right? You competed <laughs> in pageants. Well, how do you think that shaped your, um, I guess your who you are today? Has that shaped any way? I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has a big impact on. Who you are as a person, what you've learned, et cetera. Go ahead and give yeah, us a little bit of your experience with that. So pageantry isn't what a lot of people think. It's not like fake smiles and fake people. For me, I really got a chance to learn who I am. Um, there was so much preparation for interview. And through interview, knowing why you stand for what you stand for, knowing why you can have an opinion, and then knowing how to express that to other people, that was important. Um, I also worked with a fabulous team called PR Pageant Coaches, and they really groomed me um, to the next level. And I think sometimes as women business owners or just as women, period, we take for granted um, how our looks might play into the opportunities that we're provided. And uh, pageantry sort of shows that you can really recreate yourself and have a new image and have the world take you seriously by small little cues and things that you do and the way that you're groomed. So they taught me like high level things, of course, interview prep, how to have um, a great nutrition for a great body. But they also taught me things like more specifically, how long should my hair be? You know, how do I choose a lip color? What nail polish color should I wear for an interview? Um, just those like foundations really helped to shape who I was. And surprisingly, I use those things every single day. That's dope. So you recently went to Israel? Yes. How, yes. how was that experience? You went with the 30 on the 30 summit, right? Or yes. Something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Through the Shesterman Foundation, I recommend that everybody kind of apply and check it out. Um, so Lynn Shesterman is a billionaire who is a member of the Giving Pledge. And one of the ways that she gives is through um, connecting people to Israel as a country and understanding the community um, behind Judaism. So she sponsored myself and 49 other women um, who made the Forbes list to experience Israel in an unforgettable forgettable way. And that just so happened to lead up to the Forbes conference. And then I got a chance to speak um, on a panel there. But, yes, please Google Shesterman Foundation, and they have a program called Reality. Um, and I highly recommend people apply. So what was the coldest or the dopest thing about being out there? What did you learn? What did you see when you were like, oh, you got to see this? Or just give I us know. your experience, obviously. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if us three are getting out there, but. <laughs> you need to go. I learned a sense of then, um, a sense of community that I hadn't really seen before. And I was surprised by. Um, I learned about how to practice Shabbat, which is taking a day, typically Friday night, or just a day, any special day for yourself to just be yourself. Um, I've learned how much peace there is in having a community that stands behind you and having tradition. One of the coolest things we did was we actually got a chance to walk into a crater 
like a natural crater and we had a dinner inside of a tent inside of a crater. So it was like this big giant red tent, big plush pillows and blankets on the floor. And we ate and just communed. And it was, it was incredible. Um, I still don't know the words to describe how great the trip was. I just recommend everybody though. Well, it sounds like we got to put it on our bucket list. It's, yeah. it's a new bucket list item. So, yeah, sure. Don Max, man, what you guys got before we get into our topics of the day? Um, is there a special? Is there an um? Is there an important meaning in the? Uh, like, how'd you come up with the name Cherry Blossom? Is there an important meaning behind that? Oh yeah, actually, so my partner and I we met at the 5K, but it was under the cherry blossom trees. And then cherry blossoms are just so quintessentially DC. Um, that we love the name. And then it's also a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, to have a lingerie store that references cherries and gotcha. all the names. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's yeah. all of those things no on. Yeah, that's what's up. Max, you got anything? Any questions? Yeah, yeah, so did you have to, did you end up raising any money? Or? We're bank-funded, so self-funded. We've chose not to go the investor route. Um, it made okay. more sense for our business model. Um, but what was great was we we worked with two banks. The first one, it didn't really – it was taking a long time for us to close the deal. So the yeah. second one, we went to um, close us in seven days. And they were like, right. this is the strongest business plan that we've ever seen, and we would love to have your business. So, yeah, we closed very, very quickly. They took fabulous care of us. Um, so. Yeah, it was a and, great And benefit. if you don't mind, like, what, what bank – the reason I asked is because I've listened to stuff and I've talked to a couple, you know, young, you know, minority entrepreneurs, maybe black females, and they tell me they have a lot of trouble raising money. I went so, to BB&T, and it was the best thing okay. I've ever done. I highly recommend gotcha. it. And if you're in okay. the D.C. area, go to Shenaria, and she's in mm-hmm. College Park because she's amazing. Yeah, our, she was incredible. Our entire experience was great with BB&T. Okay, perfect. Yeah, just wanted to maybe give some people, uh, you know, alternate ways because I know funding money is kind of kind of hard yeah. to find sometimes. You don't have to go to an investor. You don't have to give away equity. You can keep it for mm-hmm. yourself. If you have good credit, you can go to a bank and request a loan. If you have a business plan that makes sense, you can request a loan, and there's no shame in it. And then how did you come up with your business plan? Because I know a lot of people struggle – um, you know, some people don't even know what the business plan is. They have a business idea and don't realize that's a business plan. So maybe right. you can give a little insight of, of what a business plan is, kind of like how you came up with it, how you, you know, not you have to go into depth, but just so right. people, you know, know what, what it takes to actually, you know, start a real business. Well, when I went to school, um, our final senior paper was to do a full business plan. So it wasn't my first time, and I pieced together a lot of them, like, going through school in the years. So it was my first time seeing it. Um, But we wrote out a draft one, and then we worked with a consultant. So I recommend that, too. Like, you need to hire experts because you don't know everything. Um, I remember looking back, I was like, wow, I'm 28 years old. I have an accountant. I have a business consultant. I have bankers, you know, lenders. I work with manufacturers in five different countries. But you need to have these experts on your side, um, an attorney, a trademarking expert. Like, you need to have this because if not, your business isn't a real business. And I think people kind of see business sometimes as something that you do inside of a coffee shop and you post on Instagram. But social media is maybe 2% of what I do. Um, a lot of the other stuff is like paperwork and stuff that nobody ever sees. Um, but it protects us. So that's been important. That's 
a big tidbit that I would give to business owners, like protect yourself and go the expert route. You can't afford not to. People say, it's so expensive. I'm like, well, it's not a real business then because you should be able to pay an attorney $600. If not, you might not be doing this right right, right now. You know? And I'm glad you touched on that because a lot of people, I mean, I have the same thing. I have lawyers. I have accountants. I have, you know, even a business, a financial business planner. Specifically, and I, a lot of people just see the glamour with social media nowadays, mm-hmm. but they don't see what really goes behind it. So um, it's nice to know that, you know, you are able to touch on that and, and, and let some of our listeners know that, you know, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that Instagram doesn't show you that it's, it's hard work and it's expensive, to be honest. Absolutely. And protect your margins. You know, um, people kind of forget that there's a cost of doing business. Um, so protect your margins. Um, I'd also say don't go into entrepreneurship if you just want to like have more free time or have more vacations because it's not that there are times where you're going to be very frustrated and sad or feel like you're by yourself or that there's no hope and then something turns around immediately the next day. Um, so yeah, it's not what people see on social media. I wish I could tell every person in the world that, and sometimes it is safer to work for someone and it's no shame in that. Um, because to be an entrepreneur takes a lot of hard work and it never turns off. That's, that's real. We're going to get into that a little later. Um, but, yeah, so let's look into the, the obviously business plan. Max trying to bump that up as far as what are some of the – y'all guys are brick and mortar and e-commerce, right? We're brick and mortar for the bread and butter of our business. We have a little e-commerce platform because people ask, like, oh, I want to support you or shop online. Um, so we do have that as an extension, but it's really for our private label items. We are really a fit-focused store, so we want women to come in and shop with us. We offer um, custom prosthetic fit services and traditional prosthetic fit services just like a doctor's office would, but then we also fit women for bras so, and intimate and those kind of things. Awesome. So yeah, offering the, the, the in-facility experience, which is which – is, you know, a lot of places are going away from that, but I guess you guys have to have a situation where you do do it. And so do you guys plan on expanding? What is your goal for the future? Yeah, we plan on expanding. Um, ideally, I would like a store in every major city in every state in the nation and then somehow branch off into a global presence. Um, but I do think it's important for us to have a brick and mortar. A lot of people have been trying to convince, oh, you don't need it, but I think – a woman who's gone through breast cancer, the last thing she wants to do is, like, open up some kind of app, you know, to look at her breast. She wants a person who, like, understands and who gives her a hug after it's over and tells her it's okay. Um, we have a lot of women who just walk in and cry. You know, they've been through so much already. The least we can do is give them a fabulous experience um, and connect with them. So that's what we do. And it's very smart, very smart. How, what's your growth model? What's your growth plan? Is it, is it a franchise type of play? You guys thinking about opening all your stores underneath your underneath the same um, COO, CEO? What's your, what's, goal, what's your plan for growth? Yeah, my goal is to open them for ourselves, right, and mm-hmm. to have our stores for ourselves. Um, I'm not interested in franchising at this moment. So, sounds good. So let's go ahead and talk about this entrepreneurship. Um, module that we're discussing. So we're all four. We're four black young professionals doing entrepreneurship things in this in um, in some form or fashion. 
we discuss regularly about how we think everybody should do entrepreneurship. Is that something that you believe, Jasmine, or is that something that you don't believe? And what do, does somebody need to be able to, like what characteristics would you recommend somebody have if they were going to do entrepreneurship? Um, resiliency, the ability to bounce back, faith, um, a sound mind, <laughs> optimism. This going uh, on and on. Huh? I mean, I'm on this list. It's a lot. It's not just one one part, and it's not for everybody. It's really not for everybody. Um, and people told me it was going to be hard. I never imagined, never imagined the stress. But then other times it just pays off, and you just feel so grateful. So. Yeah, sorry to add a lot of things to the list. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, so what have been some of the threats that you had as far as, like, what are some of the problems? It sounds great. Everything's nice and, and going well. Forbes list, you know, CEO, co-founder, um, helping change lives. I mean, there's a lot of things that you guys are doing that's very positive. But what have been some stumbling points? Like, what have been some of the hard points of this journey so far um, since 2015? Um, hard parts. Mm. Has, there any been, has there ever been a time when you said, oh, man, this is too hard, and I'm thinking about getting Have you ever put another application? You don't have to lie. Oh, yeah, all the time, but, um, <laughs> but you can't quit, you know? I learned early on, like, if I quit, then it's guaranteed to fail. If I keep trying, then there's a chance it'll work out. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that happens in the life of any entrepreneurs, like finding funding and um, you know, what happens when things fall through or hiring and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, you realize that it's for a purpose greater than yourself. Um, I think that's really been something that's kept me afloat is that it's not just about me. It's about all these women that I get to help. I think that's one thing that's really stood out is your purpose. You know, we are, um, I think, at Helping Hands, we have a big purpose behind what we do. So it kind of motivates us to continue to, you know, push to what we're what our what our purpose is. At least I found mm-hmm. that purpose, and I think Dom and Max, you know, they could not do it if they didn't want to do it. But I think they mm-hmm. see a purpose behind it as well, as far as like helping out others and you know providing opportunities in the community and different things like that. So I think that having a purpose is extremely strong to to make sure that you do have that resilience to make sure mm-hmm. that you you know you you aren't going to quit when times are tough. Like you got to have something bigger than just oh. You know, the checks are nice or, you know, I think that this product is great because I, th- I say it's great. Like, you got to you gotta have something else that, that's driving you behind the scenes. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Even, even so, I think so, even more so than um, having fun. Like, you're supposed to have fun with what you do, but you got to have that purpose, man. Something could be fun, but when it's not fun anymore, you're not going to want to do it, man. So, like, like I said last week on the podcast, too, man, it's all about feeding your soul goes along right along uh, the lines of that. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I agree with you. And that, that purpose and passion that you have and, and loving what you do really makes it easier to work in long hours because, man, I, I'll be able to tell you, I, the hours are not, they're not fun at all. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not a nine to five. It's not where, all right, it's the, you know, Friday at 5 p.m. I want to shut off my phone for the weekend. It's, you know, you're pretty much 24-7 on call. And if you don't really enjoy what you do, or if you just honestly, a lot of people say they want to do it, you know, they want to make so much more money. If you're just doing it for the money, it just it's not going to work out in the long run. If you really just don't enjoy what you do, the money will come with that passion and that enjoyment. So 
it's just tough. You know, it makes it easier than long hours and, and doing what you got to do behind the scenes, to be honest, if you really love what you do. Right. Or the, pur- or the purpose. Even if you don't love it, just you feel a sense of purpose doing what you want to do. Well, well, let's get into that because I had a conversation with my uh, one of our chiefs of security for Helping Hands this past weekend, or actually yesterday. And I was about, it's about like persevering your, uh, preserving your time and not letting like your time get out of hand because we give our business so much. We'll give our business, you know, 60 hours, 80 hours a week, whatever it's going to be, right? And you're never cut off. But I feel like you got to be a person that can decide, like, I'm going to give some time to myself. You know what I'm saying? So how do, how do you go about work life balance? So wait, was that your your chief saying that, Chase, or was that you saying that? No, that was chief? me saying that because uh, okay. you know I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, I was telling him, yeah, an issue come up, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna get to it at the end of the night on Saturday. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna, you know, what I'm saying I had to explain to him like, you know, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I gotta I gotta separate those days somehow, some way. You know, right. even though I'm, yeah. even though I'm always working, like I'm always on my computer, I'm always getting things done. Like, I just can't, you know, drop everything. I got to – I want to go play golf. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to go play golf. And I want right. to, you know, maybe go watch something, go watch a Netflix. I just watched, like, the All-American Netflix series. Y'all seen that? I watched it when it was on TV and came out. I, that shit, that's a good movie or a good series. Yeah, I just watched it all this Saturday. So I was telling him, I was like, yo, I'm going to get it done, but I'm not just going to get it done at this instant. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. I, think it's, I think it's like um, – you gotta be very. You gotta be much. I, and I, when I was young, I, I started my company in 2015. You know, I was, you know, I think I was points in times where I was like, man, I gotta just cut my phone off, and I gotta get away. And I, and I don't like feeling like that. You know, I don't like mm-hmm. feeling like I gotta cut my phone off and I gotta go sit in the corner and, and just just find time to myself and like not let everybody just make me crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's a, I think that's one thing we're all young, business-minded, how do we control work-life balance to where we're not just, like, being old and grumpy and mean to everybody well, I, because of what? I think it's about it's about the choices that you make. I don't really ever think that it's going to be a form of complete balance, but I think it's about making prioritized choices and then learning to live with those choices. So, you know, t- making a choice to leave the country for, you know, such a baby business believe for nine days, but it's a choice because I know that I'll come back as a stronger leader. That's helpful. But just like to drop it all just because I'm frustrated, that won't help anyone. You know, like there's certain issues and things I have to think through and I can't, I can't leave. But um, I don't know if there will ever be that balance. Maybe, but probably not. One of my friends is an entrepreneur. I asked him, he was opening up a new business. I said, are you excited? He was like, yeah, I'm kind of excited, but I'll be excited when I sell, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That is, that is the excitement, you know, it's, it's at the end. It's, I don't need it to be fun now. So I, I think it's a lot depends on where you are in your business. Whereas, you know, when I first started out, I'm sure when a lot of people first started out, I, I mean, I work the most I've ever worked because you're getting your business off the ground. You really can't take a vacation off. And, you know, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee podcasts, and he said he didn't really take a vacation for the first, like, five years. But, I mean, now the guy will get up and go to L.A. for the weekend or for a week for fun because, you know, it's, once it's up and running, it's different than when you're trying to get the engine going. Yeah. So it, right. it all depends on what, what, you know, what stage you are and in speaking your of, Speaking of that, like, for me personally, I don't have to be in one place. Like, I can work in anywhere I go. You know right. what I'm saying? So, so just just having the idea and the feeling that, or at least I think it's extremely important for us to think 
as far as like building a business and being able to have a business that doesn't require your time 100%. I've told people that build businesses. I'm like, yo, you got to get your business to run where you don't have to be inside the business. You know what I'm right. saying? Because if your business got to, is relying on you, then ultimately it's not a scalable business. Right. So um, I think that's extremely important, first off. And then second off, um, I do think that, like, I'm going to work 24-7, 365. Like, I, I'm not going to ever stop working. My to-do list never is over. Like, it's always – it's a never-ending list of things I got to do. But ultimately, I only got so much time to do it. And, and people tell me, like, so – how do you feel? How was your day? I'm like, man, I'm doing well. But to be honest with you, I'm trying to survive. Like, like I feel like I'm in a canoe that's got a hole in it, and we trying to trying to stay afloat. Like, <laughs> like, like we always always fighting to stay afloat in some form of fashion, and it's always never like a like. And I'm glad I don't ever get comfortable to the point where I feel like I'm just like on a yacht on the water. You know what I'm saying? I would, I mean, that would be nice, but ultimately, I don't have that like. That luxury, you know, as a we're a young company, we're young business owners. We come with, we come which comes with all these different like, um, all these different like challenges as far as like being being brown, being black in the space, dealing with contracts, closing contracts, growing the company. There's all these different types of situations that you deal with, and you got to be on your p's and q's for. Um, but ultimately, like if you do stop, if you do cut off everything. If you do just say, all right, bump it, then it can't fold. It can't go under, right? So, like, that's that sense of thing, like, I'm always constantly swimming. I'm looking for the next. It's never, like, a sense of, like, oh, I'm relaxed. So, for me, my work-life balance comes from, you know, going out of town, doing things I want to do, like going to Lakers games or, or going to do these different kind of things. But that doesn't mean I'm stopping work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, something that I like to do, and I can get a sense of, like, okay, these, these people are in this this thing isn't controlling me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's not just controlling my 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 twenties, my early thirties. Like I, I got a little bit, I can breathe a little bit, and I can go, you know, I can go on a ski trip, or I can go see the Lakers and Warriors on Christmas, and like reap the benefits of how hard you're working. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So, I think uh, one thing, one thing, um, I think we're all figuring out right now because we're young business owners and entrepreneurs is um, you got to figure out your capacity, man. And like, I feel like, you know, everything's new right now. So you got to push everything to the limit, you know what I'm saying? And by the limit, I mean, there is no limit. So we got to figure out exactly how much we can handle. And the only way we're going to do that is by pushing it to the max. And um, I feel like in about five years, we're going to look back and be like, okay, this is what I can you have a better idea of how much is on your plate and it may not seem as such a, such a, like a, like a never ending laundry list of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Push it to the, push it to the limit, even though there's no limit. Dom Joe, the Dom Joe, uh, thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Push it hey, to the limit, even though there is no limit. Um, right. Max, you know, you got the gas of the week this week. That's going to give you that hands up. I do man. now. I will be, I will be speaking at uh, Broccoli, Broccoli City, Broccoli Conum, whatever it is in D.C. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Max, Jasmine, I expect you guys to be present. Sal Joe, I know you're in Philly. Hey, bro, just send me the date and time, and I'm there. It's the 20. It's the last week of April. Can't make it. 
can't make it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> my, my friend, the whole week is bad. The whole week. Yeah. The whole week bad yeah. Thing, man. Yeah. Are we about to I'm end this there. podcast right now, bro? Nah. nah, you got something to say? I just wanted I, I wanted I wanted to get something off my chest real quick though, man. Go ahead, Dom. Let him know. All right, man. Doing, man. Yo, cause this this has been weighing heavy on my heart since it happened yesterday, man. I had a, one of my old teammates call me. He's still playing football, right? Out in um, out in Atlantic City for the Blackjacks. And uh they had they had cut days yesterday. So he called me stressed out in the hotel room, man. First, first of all, he shouldn't be stressed out over playing for the Black Jacks. But go ahead and play. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Dude. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> hey man, but you know he how it is. Hey, he, he might miss one meal check, but he gaining gas money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how it is, man. He in the hotel all day waiting for the phone call. You know what I'm saying? And then I tell him, I was like, man, you might as well come watch the Sixers game with me, man. Relax. Pack your stuff up. You know, relax. Right. And he was like, no, I'm going to just chill. So then I check up on him this morning. Lo and behold, he got cut. Right? And as his friend, I say, keep your head up, man. Keep grinding. Chase every opportunity. You got this. But in my head, I was really thinking, thank God, man. The man don't got you by the jock strap no more, man. You got, you know what I'm saying? You can you control your own destiny. Am I wrong for not saying that, man? Or should I just kept the battery in his back? Hey, look, Hold man, you, you can't tell someone when when it's their time to, to you know, stop chasing their dream. So, you know, that's not your job because, as you know, when you're chasing your dream, it don't matter what no one say. If someone says, I can't I can't achieve it or it's, it's time for me to give it up, that's honestly when I go harder. I'm like, man, I'm going to prove you wrong. So, until, in his mind, until he's ready to give it up, Ain't nothing you say gonna gonna make him want to give that thing up, man. But you gotta, you also gotta, you also gotta realize, man. It's like you getting cut off. You you got no control over your own destiny, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's kind of like you gotta make your, you gotta make him realize what you're subjecting yourself to. You know what I'm saying? Just just a quick little friendly reminder too, right? You can give him a friendly reminder, but you you gotta be prepared for his outcome. You know, you gotta be prepared to be like, you know what? I don't care what you say. I'm gonna keep grinding. Or maybe I'll listen to you, but whatever his reaction to your opinion is, you got to just accept it, accept it, and go with it. Hey man, I can dig it, man. Hey Chase, what you think about that? Um, <laughs> first of all, you know what I'm saying? Like I know the feeling of sitting in the in the room waiting for somebody to tell you whether they're gonna get your job or they go or they not gonna get your job, and it's not a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? It's not a good feeling at all. So you know how I stand. I stand on the fact of. If, any, if you have any strings attached to you to the point where you can't move freely, you got to cut them strings, man. You got to cut them strings. You got to quit laughing. Like, it, I understand, like, people chasing their dreams. And I went, and when I was 22, 23, 24, I wouldn't understood this. But now, when I'm older and I look back on my situation, I was like, you know, I needed them more than they needed me. And I never want to be in that situation again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I need somebody else more than they need me. And I don't care if that's relationally. I don't care if that's in business. I don't care if that's in a friendship. I don't care where it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be in a situation where we both equally need each other or you need me more than I need you. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would say to him. And once he can realize that, then he'll realize that everything isn't what, what it's made up to seem like. It can't nothing be that good to the point where we're going to sit here and act like these people controlling my happiness and what I want to be. So that's what I would say. That's my 10 cents on it. 
not two sets, it's ten sets. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's that's not a good situation to be in. So Jasmine, um, do you want to do anything else entrepreneurial? I'm, this might be a, tro- a question that could get people in trouble. I don't know, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. You seem so entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. You know, you're young. You already have a successful business. Do you do anything outside of uh, Cherry? Say blossoms. Um, this is my full time. Um, uh-huh. In the future, I don't know. You know, I'm young. I'm a person who's ambitious, but I also am a person who likes a sense of peace. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends. I'm very much more zen since coming back from Israel. I have to say, if you ask on the zen movement, this, yeah. If you ask me this, like you know, a year ago, I might have a different answer. But now I think I choose my peace, and I think I choose my joy over anything else in the world. So where that's I find real. peace and joy is where I'm going. That's that's what is your zodiac? I'm a Gemini. Gemini. Oh, oh hey. That's a lot. Hey, what's, that's a lot. what's up, Gemini? <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Jasmine Jones. Um, of Cherry Blossom Intimates. If you want to find us online, we're cherryblossomintimates.com on Instagram at cherryblossomintimates. Um, but just by Googling us, you'll find us. And we appreciate all the love and support that you guys continuously give us. And we're so, so grateful for you. Do you do any public speaking? You should start speaking. I do. I speak. I'll probably start speaking some more. Yeah. You definitely should do it for sure. So thank you. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Max, my pleasure. Man, I'm gonna always bring us home. We done with the podcast for the day. After you give us this gas of the week. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a, I will give you the gas of the week. Look, don't sit back and not ask for what is rightfully yours. So, takes me for example. I sat back too long, still haven't got my name on this podcast in the intro, but I'm gonna <laughs> get it this week because I opened my mouth and I spoke up. And lastly, just know that, you know what I'm saying, it ain't all glamour. The entrepreneurial life is hard. Find your passion. Find what you're doing it for. And those long hours won't mean anything. And we out. And shout out to Tiger Woods before we get off here, man. This is the year of triumph. You know what I'm saying? How far you've been down, how far you've been down, man, you can get back up. You can see the – I always say, if you can see out the hole, you can get out the hole. And that's real, man. UVA, we got up out that hole. Tiger Woods, we up out that hole, man. So, So don't ever think however far down you are. There's always a way up, man. We'll holler at y'all next. We got to-